0: Well, happy Father's Day, everybody. Man, wasn't worship awesome today? Yeah. It's very emotional for me because in the first service, we sang, Great is Thy Faithfulness. And today, and in this service here, we sang, uh, It is Well With My Soul. And those are my dad's two favorite hymns of all time. And so it was just so powerful to me. He's in heaven right now, so by the way. So it just spoke of God's faithfulness and, and just God's peace that floods our soul and keeps our hearts and guards our minds. And it overwhelmed me during the service. And I tell you what, I'm a very reserved person. If you know me, I don't like to, you know, do emotional things or anything. But I got very emotional and I literally felt like I wanted to run today. Like, you know, just run. I don't know. I just, that's not me, but I guess maybe I should have. I don't know. But uh, it's just powerful because it just it speaks to who my dad was and, uh, he is who God is, uh, so we're, we're glad you're here today. Happy Father's Day! Uh, today we're going to honor our fathers, so my message is going to be uh, the one thousand ways that you can be a better dad because you're failing all the time. No. <laughs> Doesn't it seem like sometimes Father's Day is, it turns out like that? Like uh, the six steps to being a, a more excellent dad, or you know what we can do to be you know a better father. But you know what today is? Today's just a day to honor you. To honor our fathers, our our physical fathers, our spiritual fathers, like honor pastor here. He's like he's like the father over this church. Thank you, pastor. Thank you for believing in me. Thank you for hearing God and sharing his word with the people here. We thank you. You know, so we honor. Today's a day of honor. So if you want to open your Bibles, well, it's just, we'll have it up on the screen. But Malachi chapter 1, verse 6, there's just a small little portion of that scripture that we're going to take out, and it's a son honors his father. There's more to that verse, but that's just the part we're going to focus on today. A son honors his father. Wow. Wow. Sometimes that might be hard, right? Do you feel maybe, maybe you're here and, uh, and you feel like, I can't honor my father for whatever reason. Maybe he left you. Maybe he was bad to you. Maybe, maybe he's already gone on to, to heaven or whatever, and you think it's too late. But it, does that verse change? No. A son honors his father. So I hope that you picked up on this during worship and with the things pastor said during our worship time, is that God wants to change that in us if we have those feelings towards our Father, if we have a bitterness or a lack of identity or those things that are keeping us from understanding who God is and how He's a Father towards us. So if that's you, maybe you've never thought about that before, wow, boy, I should deal with that. Or maybe you have, and you're in the process of dealing with those issues of a father who failed you somehow. Let's not be like Adam and Eve and, and like hide in the bushes on a subject like that. No, God's here, and he wants to change something in you and set you free so that you can see that he's a father and he loves you. And so you can honor your dad wherever he is. Let's pray real quick about that. Pray with me if that's your heart right now. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Mm. And first off, we acknowledge you are our true Father. And Father, for those who've been wounded or have bitterness in their hearts towards the Father, we ask that right now we lay our hearts bare before you. All is open, Lord. And we cast it upon you. And we say it is well with my soul. Thank you, Lord, that you desire to make our hearts new and our minds clean. In Jesus' name. So we honor our fathers today. I'd like to honor my father. If I could take a few moments. Even though he's already in heaven. I'd like to just honor him. and Tell you a little bit about him. First off, my father led me to Jesus. And I'll tell you a little part of that story. It was on a Sunday night. It was in a special service. And we usually sat in the front couple rows at church. Well, this time we were sitting in the back. And uh, because my dad was doing the sound system that night for the service. And so during the altar call, I can remember, I remember just, you know, I was only four years old, <laughs> but I remember it so clearly. And during the altar call, my dad, he had his arm around me and he leaned over. He said, son, do you want to know Jesus? I said, yeah, I sure do, dad. And he led me to the Lord right there on that back pew and changed my life forever. But, you know, as during worship, I was thinking, even though I've been a Christian my whole life, boy, you know, I've had dark times in my life. I've been in some holes. (laughs) You know, I've fallen. But I thank you. I thank God that He is faithful. I mean, He's lifted me up. He has made me new. He's given me a hope. And even though I was a Christian, okay, you said, well, your life should be perfect, right? No. <laughs> there have been times in my life when I, I, I have thought, I can't get free from this. Hmm. I, I'm, are you a Christian? Yeah. <laughs> there have been times when I have felt, there's no way out. But my Father, he made a way. He lifted me up. He put my feet on a high, safe place. And so I honor him today. Yes. So about my earthly father, he also taught me how to work. How many of you can remember uh, helping your dad do something around the house or fixing a car or something, you know? or He, he taught me how to paint and uh, fix things. And I remember my dad, if he didn't know something, He'd learn. He'd grab a book. He'd go to the library. Back then, you had to go to the library for stuff, get a magazine or get a book. Today, you know, just, oh, right there. There's how he did it, right? So he would get a book. I remember one time he had to to fix the lawnmower. And so he got a book on uh, small engine repair, and he read that book, and he fixed that lawnmower. You know, you had to save money somehow, right? So he taught me how to do that. And so I'm similar today. If I don't know something, I'll learn. I'll fix it, try to save some money. So he taught, taught me how to work. I One, one time uh, when I was trying to find a job, and, uh, and so I, you know, I'm looking through the papers and stuff, the classifieds, and uh, I found this one. It was like this one job, and uh, it didn't really have too much of a description, but it said $50,000 a year. And uh, so I'm like, well, you know, I wonder what this job is. And my dad said, who cares? It's $50,000 a year. <laughs> go get that job. I didn't do it because, you know, as, as a young man, I just had no confidence in myself. There was another uh, job uh, where I worked with my dad for a while, and I worked in a warehouse. And he oversaw the warehouse, was part of his job. And uh, so, so I was working in that warehouse, and uh, I, was, I was diligent. I was a faithful worker, and uh, an opportunity uh, opened up to go into sales, so my dad came to me and said, hey, you know, the owner, he came to me and said, what about your boy? You know, would he want to go into sales? And uh, I said, no. You know, I could not see myself doing that. I just, I thought, I, it's just too hard. You know, I, I'm just, you know, putting stuff away on shelves, checking in stuff off trucks, you know, whatever. I was like 20, 21, 22 years old. Uh, but he believed in me, the owner believed in me, I didn't believe in myself Uh, But do you know, like years later, I'm doing the exact, in a different company, the exact same job that I would have been doing there? So weird, isn't it? But my dad believed in me. He knew I could do it. He knew I was a hard worker because he taught me how to work. Uh, Another thing I'm thankful for is that my dad taught me how to think critically. So many times we just uh, go with the flow. Whatever We hear a rumor, we hear, you know, something on the news, and well, that's the truth, and we go with it. Well, that's, that's not the case. You need to find out for yourself, right? you got to think critically about a situation. And so my dad was a pastor, and he taught the Word of God, and he, he taught it to his children, my sisters and I. And, uh, but one thing he always taught us was, hey, just because I say it, just because I preach it from the pulpit, doesn't mean it's 100%, you know? You have to take this Bible, and you have to open it up, and you've got to find out for yourself. He taught me that. And it came in handy because one time uh, I was confronted with a, an, another minister from a different denomination who basically believes the Bible like, is not for today. Like most of it is like, you know, like uh, these three pages are all that's, you know, relevant for today. All the rest is like, whatever. I, I have no idea. Well, this was a man of God, you know, who I, who I looked up to or whatever. And it challenged me. And I was like, well, wait a minute. I've been taught this my whole life, and here I'm confronted with this. And so I had to make a choice. And that was. And we were on our own, just newly married, my wife and I. And so I had to, so you know what I did? I started to read this for myself. Because up until then, you know, I just, it was just dad's religion. You know, I was a Christian, but it was, I relied on my dad's faith, my dad's knowledge. But I had to find out for myself. And I found out, wait, the Bible is for today. All of this, like Acts, yeah, it's still relevant. Oh, Romans, yeah, it's still pertinent to me. Oh, Revelation, yeah, it's still relevant. I found out, and it became my faith and my life. My dad also showed me how to be faithful. If my dad said something, you could take it to the bank. He was a man known for keeping his word, for doing what he said he would do, for showing up when he he needed. You know, if the doors of the church were open, you know, you knew Pastor Bob was there. Just go, because that's you know, he was a faithful man. He was faithful. He he had a good reputation at his work. He had a secular job along with being a pastor. Uh, He was known in the community later on in his life. So he he had a he was a pastor. He was, uh, worked a secular job, and he also was a council member for the city, all at the same time. I have no idea how he did it. You know? It feels like I have, you know, one job is enough. You know, it keeps me busy. But he was faithful. He had a reputation of being faithful, and he taught me that. He showed me that. And lastly, I honor him by living a life that takes his values and his teachings and, and puts it into practice in my life every day. That's something I thank him for. Okay, so why are we here on Father's Day? You know, why why a special day for Father's Day? What's so important about fathers? You know, it's just yeah, just a dad, whatever. You know, if you watch uh, TV, the past few years, uh, dads are shown to be bumbling idiots, pretty much. You know, what's so big about a dad? Dad, eh, take it or leave it. You don't need a dad. There's people there's people who believe, yeah, we don't even need fathers. But but we're here celebrating and honoring fathers. Why? You know? Okay, well here's another question. Why does it hurt so much when a father fails us? Big deal. Yeah, we're not perfect, right? So if a father fails us, oh well, you know, what's they're just human, right? No, but it hurts, doesn't it? It cuts right here. Why? Here's our first point. This is, the, this is the reason we're here. This is the importance of fatherhood. It's because God ordained fatherhood. It's from God. It's from God. Fatherhood is a relational representation of God himself because he's a father. So whether you're a Christian or not, whether you even believe in God or not, you have something imprinted on your heart and your mind of what a father should be. And you know what that is? It's God. God's the perfect father. And so we know when something's not right automatically, and that's why it hurts. Because somehow deep inside we know a father should be good, a father should be perfect, a father should always you know care for his children, love his wife, things like that. We know that. It's just in us. It's because that's who God is. And God made fathers. So we know God ordained fatherhood. Think about in in the book of Genesis, the very beginning. So here's God. He wanted a family. And he he decided to make man in his image. In the image of God, he created male and female. In the image and likeness of God. And then what did he do? He said, well, get together. Marriage. God created marriage. That's God's invention, right? It's not the government. It's not the world. God invented marriage. And then, when you're married, then what did he say? He said, go out. Multiply have a family. So family is from God also. So fatherhood is from God. Marriage is from God. Family is from God. So that means in our culture today, everything that deviates from that is a result of sin, of going away from God's plan. So anything that doesn't emphasize a father and mother, but we're specifically speaking about fathers today. Anything that uh, degrades God's definition of marriage is against God. It's part of sin. Anything that breaks down and destroys the importance of the family that God ordained is not from God. It's just that simple. So if, if marriage, between other than a man or a woman, there's no such thing. It doesn't even exist because God said. We didn't make this up. We're just going by what God said. Okay, so if that is the case, if the case said, okay, so all these different situations are not of God, we're in a heap of trouble. But guess what? If it's, not, if it's part of sin, Jesus made the way to be redeemed from it. My sin. Oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole. It was nailed to the cross, and I'll bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh my soul. So, anything that is trying to change our culture, Jesus paid the price for it. That means there's hope for a situation, there's hope for a father and a mother. There's hope for a gender identity that's a little screwed up. There's hope. Amen. Because God ordained fatherhood. Okay. Our second point. Why we're here today, why fatherhood is important, is because fathers change culture. Okay, you may think, how does a father change culture? Sometimes it's, it's hard to uh, think of ways we positively influence culture, right? But take a father out of a situation, isn't it a lot easier to see how we negatively cha- can change culture? Because we see the results of the negative, you know, all in our, you know, every day. So here's some statistics for you of, of how fathers impact our culture today. One in three children right now in America live in a fatherless home. One in three. About 24 million children do not have a father in their home. Okay, so how has this affected our culture? Well, poverty. The statistics are when a father's not in the home, there's a higher rate of poverty. How about crime and incarceration? Without a father, the crime rate goes up. And then your incarceration, especially in, like, minority communities where, you know, there's a higher uh, situation where fathers are absent. That's why there's a higher percentage of crime and incarceration in those communities. It's It's directly related. How about poor mental and physical health? Behavioral problems. Single moms, thank you so much for what you do. God bless you. It, but it isn't so much harder to raise children but by yourself. I know many single single moms. My sister was a single mom. Struggled so much, you know, with three children without a dad. There's there are issues there. Child abuse, like we're talking about in the next couple Wednesdays. So you say, well, how did, how does child abuse fit into it? So, when you take a biological father out of the home, what happens usually? You have a non biological father figure usually in the home, a boyfriend or you know remarried. Uh, but do you know that the statistics are that even with a um, a stepdad now i 'm not saying this for all stepdads because you know there's a lot of good stepdads, obviously, but the statistics are uh, child abuse. Uh, with physical abuse, mental-emotional abuse, and sexual abuse, goes up in those homes, even though there's a father figure, because those children are not those dads' biological children, and there's not that connection. And so those rates increase. Also teen pregnancy. There's a higher rate of teen pregnancy in homes without a father. Substance abuse, drugs and alcohol, those go up also. Lower academic achievement. I read uh, one study where the kids with all straight A's, it was a high percentage of them had the biological fathers in their home, and they have straight A's. And it goes down with the lack of father. And then lastly, how about a lack of identity? Lack of identity. Your dad molds you into who you are. One way, good or bad, you know. How many of you have caught yourself doing something and then you thought, boy, that reminded me of how my dad did it all the time, like maybe sometimes the way I say something to somebody or how I handle a problem or whatever, how I'm fixing something. One thing thing I do is like my dad, he he wasn't a very strong guy, so like when he would work on stuff, uh, he, he he had some health issues. So he would always, like, struggle, like, physically. So if he was, like, uh, under the car working on something, you know, he'd be like, uh, mm, you know, like, just, like, kind of sighing, you might say. Just probably as an expression of know, his, the, his weakness or something like that. Well, <laughs> I find myself doing the same thing. You know, if I'm fixing something for no reason. Mm, uh, and I'm like, I'm doing that just because my dad did it. Well, what's even funnier is that now my son, Benjamin, who's not here, he does the exact same thing, and he's even stronger than me, okay? It's like, it's just a trait that you pick up, you know, because you, your dad just molds you into who you are. But think of our culture right now, how our identity is literally insane right now. Think of our gender identity issues. It's like literally upside down. The world is just changing and going crazy. It's the lack of fathers. Right. The fathers aren't there how they used to be. We need them. Okay. So if our culture is changing, if the lack of fathers is having an impact, you know what we need to do as Christians? We need to develop A counterculture. You know what a counterculture is? Here's the definition. It's a way of life and set of attitudes opposed to or at variance with the prevailing social norm. Okay, so we did have a social norm in this country of fathers being strong and leaders and wise and protecting the family. And it, re- it was represented in our society. It was represented on our television programs. You, like, you go back to the 40s and the 50s, uh, and even in some of the 60s programs, the father was the rock of the family. I mean, you, everyone went to him to like, get advice and to learn something and to be protected. And, but, then, but then there well, became a counterculture in our society during the 50s and the 60s. They called themselves a counterculture as no, we, we don't need society's rules anymore. We're gonna make our own rules. Everything goes, you know, we could go into all that type of thing, you know, but there's a lot to it. But they decided they wanted to change the culture that the old ways are bad, old ways that really were based on what God had established, even in the secular world. And they decided, let's have a new movement. And now those ways we can kind of see are have become the norm. But you know what, as Christians, we need to start going against that. We need to start having norms for our lives that puts the Father in an honorable place once again. You know why? God wants it. I don't necessarily want it, you know. I didn't make this up. God did. The Father and the Mother and the family. We need to change the culture by resisting the culture that's trying to be forced on us. We need to live a counterculture and make a new way. And there's hope for that. And we are doing it. Okay. So let's honor our fathers today. How can we, and you might say, well, how do we honor our fathers? Here's a few ways. Tell your father... How he has reminded you of God, even like your spiritual father, someone who's spoken into your life, who has mentored you, someone who's who's come along. I have many in my life, and there's been opportunities. I remember one time I had a youth pastor, dearly loved man, and uh, so we had a church reunion. You know, we never uh, we stopped going to that church. My dad became a pastor. So we were with, with my father. Uh, but we had a, a church reunion back at our original church, the church I was born at and born into, a church where I got saved. So we had a church reunion, and uh, so all the old pastors came back. One of them, a pastor knows Dan Betzer from Florida, he, he was the original pastor of that church, started the church. So he came back and preached. Uh, another pastor, who dearly beloved man, called his name was Ron Webb, used to pastor in Toledo at Calvary Assembly, if you, if you ever know that church. Uh, he came back, and and the current pastor, and my youth pastor was there. And uh, something just kind of like rose up in my heart uh, to go to my youth pastor and just tell him, thank you. Thank you for for all you've done, how you made a difference in my life. I mean, there are things in my life today directly related to what that man of God taught and and related to me. So I thanked him. I had that opportunity. I, I was so thankful that I could do that. So tell your your dad how he's reminded you of God. Tell your dad a time how he protected you. Tell your dad that you're thankful that he provided for you. Tell your dad how he's been a good, a godly dad. He deserves it. Now, what if you're saying, I can't, my dad wasn't like that, I can't think of anything. Okay, let's go back to that Malachi 1, a son honors his father. So has God forgiven you? Have you ever done anything wrong? Have you ever hurt anybody? Have you been unfaithful in some way? Okay. Has God poured his love on you? Has God filled you with love? Has He ever had compassion on you? Well, here's how you can honor that Father. Pray for Him. Be faithful towards Him. Take that same love and compassion and forgiveness that God's given you, and it's in you, and let it it go for that Father. Release it. Walk in it. Put it to use. Don't just keep that love in here. It's all my love. It's all my compassion for me, me, me. Release it. Let it minister to that man and be faithful and honor him in that way because you know what? God loves him too. God wants him raised up also. My father-in-law, he was a hell's angel. He was a very rough man. <laughs> He's a Mexican man, machismo, to the limits. <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you one story, okay? So I'm When we first got married, he, he took me on a motorcycle ride. I've never been on a motorcycle. <laughs> so in this motorcycle, it's just a seat, and it had like a little back, like this tie, okay? But not very supportive. <laughs> and there's only one way he drives a motorcycle. It's fast. And we're out in the country on like, you know, potholes and cornfield, you know. So I can't grab onto him, you know. He would not want that, you know. he's <laughs> So I had to grab onto the taillights, you know. And I'm riding, and I, and I was literally like, okay, God, I, I guess I'm ready to Come home! I, you know, I, I thought I was gonna fly off in the cornfield and die. I literally, serious. I was like, okay, do I have any unconfessed sin in my life? Uh, you know, going through all this. So, so we drive to this little. i made it. We drive to this little town in the middle of nowhere. I've never even heard of it. It's, I think it's called West Lodi. It, I don't know. All it is is like a bar and houses, like four houses. Okay, so. We drive up. We park in front of the bar. Up comes this, like this, you know, 1940s, like jalopy, and a lady. Uh, she was drinking a malt liquor, driving the car in a bag. I'm like, where are we? This is like something from home. So, so he, he takes. You know, so he goes in the bar. He kicks the door open. Boom. Walks in. Hey, every. And he cusses. This is my son-in-law. If you don't watch out, he's gonna kick all your butts, but not butts. I'm like, what in the world? Everybody's, then everybody looks at me. What's up? You know. So he's just a he's just he'd fight anybody, and you know it doesn't matter how big you are. He he's just a just a rough man with a mouth that would go a thousand miles an hour. In the wrong way. You know, it was tough living with that man. It was tough being the son-in-law of that man. But you know what? I honored him somehow. God's grace, that's the only way I can think of it because there was times he was screaming at me if I didn't pick up a bag of groceries right for Monica. You know, and just, you know, I wasn't used to that kind of stuff. You know, and and just, I can't even go into all of it, but... (laughs) But through God's grace, I was able to somehow honor him by just, yes, sir, you know, just kind of keeping my mouth shut just living a life that honored God and myself with my family. And you know, something weird happened. Something miraculous happened. As he saw God in me, and he saw God in my family, he saw God. And when he saw redemption in our lives, and he saw God's faithfulness through our struggles, and he saw our love towards him, it's like the Grinch. His heart grew. And he became born again a, a few years ago. Monica was able to lead him to the Lord. Now, he's lived a long, hard life with a lot of hard you know, ways that are ingrained in this you know, sinful nature that he has. And you know, he's not free from all that stuff. But he's a, born again. He's a child of God. Amen. And he's going to go into the gates of glory when he passes on. You know, uh, and, and that's enough, you know. I, I have a little deal with God about uh, I, I want to get him baptized in the Holy Ghost before he goes. I don't care if it's on his deathbed. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be there. And I told him, I said, hey, if, you, if you're ever on your deathbed, you're not dying till I, till I get there. Because I know God's going to finish the work. Amen. All right. So, and lastly, we've honored our fathers. But what's the most important? Let's honor our Father God. I think we did that this morning in our worship. It was so beautiful and touched my heart. But let's live a life that honors God. How do we do that, you might say? Thank God for His faithfulness every day. Thank Him for His peace, as we sang today. Thank Him for His mercy. Oh, I've needed His mercy so many times. Yes. Thank Him for His protection. How many times has has something not happened as worse as it could have? (laughs) I've experienced that. Thank Him for His goodness, His righteousness, His justification, His sanctification, His redemption. Thank Him for His love, His compassion, His healing. Thank Him for sending His Son, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, the Lamb of God. Could you imagine sending your child to do what Jesus did? I used to joke, I would kill the whole world just to save my kid. And then I thought, wait wait a minute. That's like the worst thing ever. That's the opposite of God. He gave his only son to save the whole world. To be our Redeemer, our Savior, our master. Thank you, Lord. And then Jesus becomes the perfect representation of who the Father is. We we read that in John 14, where someone, it was Philip actually. I said Thomas in the earlier service, but it's actually Philip. He said, Jesus, show us the Father. That's all we really want to know. Jesus. Dude, how long have you been with me? (laughs) And they were kind of like, "Huh." If you've seen, this is what Jesus said: If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've heard me, you've heard the Father. If you've seen my works, that's the Father working. So if you if you find yourself saying, "How do I know the Father?" How do I know what he looks like? What's his nature? What does he say? What does he do? Get in here and read the Gospels. It's Jesus. He's God, the Father, the fullness of God in a bodily form. Get to know Jesus. Find out what he likes, what he doesn't like, what he likes to do, what he likes to say, where he likes to go, how he goes places, what he likes to wear. Find out. It's in there. And you'll find who God the Father really is. Thank Him for Jesus. Thank Him for the Holy Spirit who comes and dwells in you and with you. He's your teacher, your comforter, your helper, your standby, your inspiration, your power. Thank Him for the church, our family, that he's placed you as an intricate member, an important person, a part of the body of Christ. Thank you, Lord. And probably most of all, thank, thank him for his word. He didn't leave us without, without anything. He, he gave it all to us right here. And through the power of his Holy Spirit, we can become like this word. We can put this word to use in our lives. We can be winners, the head and not the tail. We can overcome any affliction, any persecution. Sometimes overcoming doesn't mean getting out of it. Sometimes. Sometimes overcoming means being faithful through it. Thank Him for that. He gives us the power to do that. (laughs) And lastly, I'll close with this scripture. We actually represented it in our worship today. in 2 Chronicles 5. 13 and 14. Here's how we can honor God, and we did this morning. And it was the duty of the trumpeters and singers to make themselves heard in unison in praise and thanksgiving to the Lord. And when the song was raised, so they're going to sing a song, with trumpets and cymbals and other musical instruments in praise to the Lord. Here's the song. Here's what they sang. For He is good, and his steadfast love endures forever. That's, that's simple, right? We all can do that. He is good. And his steadfast love endures forever. So when you're feeling down, go to the Lord. You are good. And your steadfast love endures forever. When you're going through that difficult situation, he is good. And his steadfast love endures forever. When you're going through that dark time, he is good and His steadfast love endures forever. When you have doubts, God, are you good? He is good, and His steadfast love endures forever. It works. Did you know I did that with that same scripture for about a year and a half every day? You know why I did that? Because I questioned, is God really good? Well, then I opened up, remember, think critically. I opened up the scripture and said, for He is good, and His steadfast love endures forever. Well, I gotta change my mind. And I put that into my mind. And now you can't take that away from me. It's mine. Amen. I know God is good and a steadfast love endures forever. But it doesn't end there. Let's keep reading. After that, the house, the house of the Lord, was filled with a cloud, so that the priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Amen. And that's what we want. Amen. God's glory. His presence, to know Him as He is, and the power of His fullness and His glory here. And how do you do that? By honoring Him. You are good, Lord. And your love endures forever. Would you pray with me today? Heavenly Father, we thank you that you love us. That your face is always turned towards us. And that you've given us fathers to help mold us into the people you've called us to be. And even in failure, Father, there is hope and restoration. We thank you for that. Mm-hmm. And we thank you that you are a good Father, that all your ways are good. Yes. Even when you spank us, even when you correct us, That's right. it's good. Thank you so much, Lord. Maybe you're here today and you find yourself just desiring to understand the true image of God the Father. Maybe your earthly father wasn't a good example of God. But God wants to reveal himself to you as a loving father. If you need to understand God more, To know his heart. Maybe to receive forgiveness. Maybe for him to become your father. You've never accepted Jesus as your savior, as your way to know God. If that's you, we want to pray with you today. Come on up. We'll have people to pray with you. Maybe you're a father here today, and you want to commit to following Jesus in every way. Maybe you've struggled with different areas in your life, not giving them to the Lord. Well, Don't mess around with it anymore, man. Come on forward. We want to pray with you. Lay it at his feet so that you can say it is well with my soul. Because God loves you and he doesn't want you to carry that burden anymore. We need to change the culture. If you're a man who wants to commit to changing that culture in a deeper way, we want to pray with you today. Thank you, Lord, for moving in the hearts of these people. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God.
1: Yes, praise God. Thank you, Brother Ben. Amen. Would you stand with me today? Hallelujah. We bless you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You are the light and the salt of the world. That's what your word says, God, we want to be culture changers for your glory and for your honor. We want to be walking revivals for your glory and for your honor. Lord, we thank you for the word that we receive today. Lord God, we receive, God, your word. and We know the value that we have and that you call us to be countercultural. Not for rebellion's sake, not for the sake of destruction, but for the sake of life peace and joy for your kingdom is a kingdom of righteousness of peace and of joy use us all use your sons and daughters god as we walk with your affirmation as our as our father and have your way in every way in jesus name we pray amen amen god bless you today god bless you enjoy your father's day the altars are open if you need prayers ben and i would love to pray with you bless you